Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Talks in Class. I am your host, Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I'm so excited to be here for this little conversation today. I took a little unexpected hiatus last week. I feel like my schedule lately has been not necessarily too full, just not managed well. (laughs) I think people who are self-employed might be able to relate to this a little bit. When you are the person who's in charge of not just the thing or the product that your business is creating, so my case, it's the creative side, the content, but you also have to do all of the other stuff, the non-creative stuff, the invoices, the taxes, the administrative you know, things that happen behind the scenes, it can get really hard. And there's certain times when that stuff just takes up a lot more time and energy. And I think one thing that I've realized about doing creative work, but also being self-employed, of course, and having to do all that other stuff is that when I'm burnt out or I'm feeling stretched too thin, I guess, my creative energy just does not flow. And that's obviously a problem because the creative stuff is what my actual work is. That's kind of my product. (laughs) So if that's not flowing, then I really am in trouble. I just have to kind of slow down and allow my brain to actually rest, which is hard. I think that's hard for a lot of us, if not all of us. As always, I will start with what good happened. And since I'm talking about kind of behind the scenes content creator stuff, I'm going to use a work related one this week, which I don't usually do. But my what good happened this week is that I got an opportunity to work on a new project with a brand in just a slightly new capacity than the way that I usually work with brands. Nothing super out of my comfort zone, but this is exciting to me for a couple of reasons. First of all is because this job is really inconsistent. It can be really inconsistent. I think anyone who works a project-based job, if you're a freelancer and your work comes in projects, you understand this. Obviously, there are some months or just time periods that are super busy, and then there are others that are slower. And it's been slower. Usually, the the beginning of the year is slower. So it was exciting to connect with this brand that I already love on this really cool project because it was a no-brainer and it's a great fit. It's just a good feeling when things just line up that way and you're like, yeah, this is great. This is a no-brainer. There's nothing about this that doesn't feel right. It's perfect, like let's go. And secondly, because this project has a slightly different element to it, I always like to take time to appreciate and kind of celebrate those small milestones in my work. Because again, as a self-employed person, unlike a traditional job where you have performance reviews or you can get promoted, I have to kind of set my own markers for improvement or career growth because that doesn't really exist. So just being able to work with a brand in a slightly different capacity, a different type of project is an an example for me of growth. It's kind of expanding into a new type of, of working relationship and just being able to do something different. Anyway, this intro got really deep today. Wow. (laughs) But Maybe anybody out there who needs this, this is your reminder to one, listen to yourself and slow down if you need to, because often that will lead to better productivity later on if you actually let yourself rest. I'm talking to myself more so than anybody else here. 
And also celebrate your small wins because it really is great, obviously, to strive for improvement always, but it doesn't really mean anything if you don't take time to appreciate it in the moment when you get there. You know what I mean? So this week I am going to talk about a a topic that is a long time coming. It's kind of related to a topic we talked about a few weeks ago, and it is something that I think is going to lead into a part two. And what is so important that it has been building up for weeks and weeks and weeks, you ask? It is none other than the extremely important and influential television series from MTV from 2004, Laguna Beach. So a few weeks ago, I talked about MTV in the early 2000s. And in that episode, I only briefly touched on Laguna Beach because I knew I was going to eventually do a full episode on it because it was just so important to me as a teenager. When I say that Laguna Beach altered my brain chemistry, I'm really not kidding. There were other early 2000s reality TV shows that had a huge influence on me that I really, really loved, like Newlyweds with Nick and Jessica. That was super important. Like I'm pretty sure we all drooled over that white rainbow Louis Vuitton monogram bag for years because of Jessica Simpson. Remember when she called it her pet and she said she took it everywhere? She called it Pet Louis. That was my first introduction to that bag and I was obsessed with it for years after that show. And then, of course, there was The Simple Life. The Simple Life was probably the first time that I felt aware that I was being influenced by a celebrity on television. And I was actively participating in being influenced by Paris and Nicole. I've touched on this before, but I was never really into teen drama television in the 2000s. Things like The O.C. or One Tree Hill that were really, really popular. I really didn't get too into them. And I think a big reason why is that because I personally watch TV as kind of like a window into the outside world. I grew up in a really, really small town in rural Midwest. And, you know, I didn't even know anybody who lived in a big city or what I thought was a big city. I might have known you know, a couple of family members lived in Minneapolis or maybe someone who lived in like the deep suburbs of Chicago, but that was really the closest that I had to reference in my real life. And I so desperately wanted that connection to what I felt were people who lived in cooler and more interesting places. And no shade to rural America, but I knew from a young age that it just was not me. And obviously I have grown up to live in New York and LA. So, you know, it it just wasn't me. But TV gave me that connection to those people who lived in those other places that felt kind of completely out of reach to me, but something that I so desperately wanted to be a part of as a teenager. But teen dramas were fake. And I mean, (laughs) they were capital letters fake. Like, let's be honest. Nobody was mistaking One Tree Hill for a realistic portrayal of teen life. (laughs) It didn't really fulfill that need for me of wanting to feel connected to people who lived in the outside world, air quotes, because it was so clearly fake. But reality TV was about real people. 
Regardless of how fabricated the storylines were, which we we all know they were, these people, the actual people, weren't characters. They were real people, and they existed in the real world that I also lived in. And the magic, and I use the word magic intentionally because I really was completely like under the spell of this, okay? The magic of the early reality TV on networks like MTV and Bravo, like those early Real Housewives seasons, was that those cast members looked like real people. They weren't these Snapchat filter versions of humans that we see on reality, air quotes, TV now. You know, they wore their own clothes. They did their own makeup, sometimes badly. They had zits and like bad hair sometimes. It was like, okay, these are aspirational people, kind of aspirational characters, but they are actual people in the real world too. So in that way, it kind of felt like my aspiration was more justified because it it, it was achievable hypothetically because they were real. <laughs> it wasn't like trying to be a Disney princess. They were fake. But, you know, Kristen Cavallari was a real person. So when The Simple Life came out, Paris and Nicole were real people that you could see walking down the street if you happened to live in, you know, Beverly Hills. And if you were a normal kid like me, you could literally open up an Us Weekly and see pictures of them shopping and you could look and see where they were shopping, what brands were they wearing, what stores were they going to, you know, what drink did they order at Starbucks. You could go to the mall and buy a Von Dutch trucker hat just like Paris wore in The Simple Life. They had terrible hair extensions, so I went to Sally's and bought terrible hair extensions. <laughs> there was something kind of relatable there, despite the fact that they were billionaire heiresses and the entire concept of the show was them making fun of people who lived in towns literally exactly like the one that I lived in. I don't know if this aspect was just completely lost on me as a teenager or if I just didn't care, but I was influenced, okay? Influenced with a capital hashtag influenced by Paris and Nicole. I actually still wear MAC lip gloss in the shade Purr because that's what Paris used. And I don't know how I found that out. I'm sure I read it in People Magazine sometime in 2004, and ever since then, that's been my go-to lip gloss. So when Laguna Beach came out in 2004, it was like the same effect, but magnified by a million. Because this time, they were teenagers just like me. I'm actually the same age as the season two cast, Kristen, Jessica, the Alexes, Talon, I think. They're the same age as I am. So when I was watching Laguna Beach and it was about juniors and seniors in high school, I was a junior or a senior in high school. I mean, I was in a very, very small, boring high school in a tiny town where we hung out in garages and barns on the weekends and not in hot tubs of mansions overlooking the ocean, but whatever. It felt relatable on another level that I hadn't really experienced before. I don't think there had been a reality series about teenagers that allowed us to really follow their lives over the course of an entire season before Laguna Beach. I mean, the only one that I can think of was Bug Juice on the Disney Channel. That was about, you know, tweens, which I was a tween when I watched it. But most shows about teenagers were these overdramatic scripted series that, again, did not feel 
real. But with Laguna Beach, I felt like there were aspects of their style or even their lives that I could legitimately try to copy. A lot of the times I talk about mall workers or babysitters, kind of the older kids that we looked up to as being kind of like the original influencers. But if we think about the concept of influencing in terms of how we know and interact with it now, the cast of Laguna Beach was for sure my first influencer experience. They were celebrities, obviously, but not really, you know, they were just kind of famous for being themselves the way that we would probably talk about an influencer now. They didn't do anything. They just got famous for living their lives. And we had this kind of one-sided relationship with them the way that we do with a lot of influencers now where we feel like we know them. And I felt like I knew these people. I mean, I watched their lives for 20 whole minutes every week <laughs> on MTV. Clearly, I knew their life. But we did. I mean, we knew all these mundane details about their lives. We knew their siblings' names. We knew where they worked after school. We knew their friend group drama. We knew what kind of clothes they liked to wear, what kind of cars they drove. And because they were real people at the end of the day, we could try to copy these things. And because they were teenagers and not, you know, Paris and Nicole who drove what did they drive in The Simple Life? Like that bubblegum pink truck? Clearly I wasn't trying to copy that. But like Lo had a white Jetta, I could realistically, in the actual world in which I was living, drive a white Jetta. Like that was somewhat realistic for me. And I feel like we all had the one, everybody who watched Laguna, the, the whole Laguna fandom had the one girly on Laguna that we resonated with and we therefore tried to copy her style. Obviously, the most popular was Lauren. A lot of people really gravitated towards Elsie and her style. And there is no denying that she was a total style icon, especially during the years of the hills. And I think that really can be its own episode, just about the intense influence that the hills fashion, but especially Lauren, had on my entire generation throughout the run of that show. But I personally was always a Kristen girl. She really reminded me so much of myself in high school, both in just her general demeanor, but also kind of in looks. Like I had the same haircut as her. I did not buy a bathing suit in a large top and small bottoms like she did at that surf shop that lives uh, in my mind and will forever for the rest of time. But I, I, I related to Kristen, but I mean, she was like the richer, cooler version of myself in a cooler place with cooler places to hang out, but you know what I mean. I also really loved Taylor's style in season two. Hot take probably, but season two of Laguna Beach, I think is way better than season one. I actually would go so far as to say that season two of Laguna Beach is one of the best seasons of reality TV I've ever watched. If you haven't watched it in a while, it's on Paramount Plus. I believe it's now on Netflix as well. It is 100% worth a rewatch. It's so messy, you guys. There are so many love triangles. It's amazing. And we got the Alex's and we got Taylor. Taylor had great style. She had this like boho vibe going on that I was really, really into. She did the bang poof like so effortlessly. It never looked like she tried, which was obviously the goal. She just had this like effortless boho vibe with a lot of wood bangles and gold dangly earrings and really flowy, pretty tops. 
Or if you were into the preppy kind of polo shirt with a popped collar vibe, Lowe was your girl. And there are still outfits and moments on that show that pop into my head when I think about fashion from that entire era in general. There's this scene where Kristen goes to lunch with Talon and she's wearing this black tube top with these low pigtails with her blonde hair and her side bangs. You guys, that outfit had such an influence on me. I can't even explain it. I still think about that outfit. Or Taylor's chunky little sweater. And again, the effortless bangs poof when she's having that conversation with Talon about Kristen where she says, okay, go be with a whore. I can still picture that outfit in my mind. Or, oh my God, Jessica walking down the street wearing a pink polo shirt, a low-rise denim miniskirt with Uggs, and that giant Chanel tote bag with the C logo in white kind of off to the side. You guys know which Chanel bag I'm talking about. If you don't Google it, you will instantly recognize it. I wanted that bag so badly, and I am 100% sure it was from this exact scene, which probably takes up all of four seconds of the episode, but that was drilled into my mind. Like I need that Chanel tote bag. (laughs) And that bag was so popular. A bunch of people I knew had fakes. I'm sure there were a lot of celebrities that carried it, but I can't think of a single one who carried it besides Jessica from Laguna Beach. But these outfits and just these scenes in general are forever etched into my mind as iconic fashion, because this is where I was looking for like streetwear, for lack of a better word. I mean, I don't think I would call an Abercrombie polo shirt streetwear, but there wasn't a lot of places that you could look to find inspiration from real people in those times. We didn't have Instagram. So if you were looking for fashion inspo, you had to look at really styled kind of catalog shoots, you know, like you were looking at literal advertisements from the companies or from the brands, or you had to look at editorial, which was even less wearable in a magazine photo spread that was like, you know, every single item was designer and was thousands of dollars. I mean, nobody was wearing that for real. So here was an instance where you could look at somebody and literally wear that exact same outfit that didn't exist really in media for us at that time. Okay, now that I'm thinking about the iconic outfits, I can't stop. Kristen's birthday dinner where she wears that teeny tiny baby pink cardigan over a white tank top and she just has one button closed. I swear on my life, this must be where I got that from, but I wore cardigans like that with one button closed for years, years after I saw that. I have a photo of me wearing a cardigan like that on Christmas in 2009, and that scene was probably filmed in 2005. Or there's this scene where Lauren is getting ready to leave for college in San Francisco, and she's wearing a spaghetti strap tank top, flip-flops, these massive flare jeans that are like dragging on the ground, and a huge (laughs) chunky scarf, like massive chunky scarf, with her hair and just a casual ponytail and her giant sunglasses. I mean, I'm talking, Lenny Kravitz meme level, huge chunky scarf with a tank top and flip flops. This is something that has been so memed and so parodied when we're talking about 2000s fashion is like Uggs with mini skirts, a huge scarf with flip flops and you know, a tank top. The, the fact that we paired winter wear with beach wear we were watching this on Laguna Beach. Like this is where I got this from. 100% chance that 
any ideas that I had about combining winter wear with beach wear came directly from Laguna Beach. And did I run to Hollister and buy the exact same scarf in teal and wear it over a white tank top layered over a teal tank top that matched the scarf? Yeah. I did, and I paired it with brown plastic flip-flops and low-rise flares, and I still have the scarf. <laughs> I made a video with it. I was really excited when I found that scarf because I loved that thing, and it was probably because of Lauren Conrad. And this is what I mean when I say this show was so influential, even though it was just this silly reality show on MTV about teenagers. To me, it was like watching a fashion show of our peers week after week on TV. But it was as if you could round up all of the coolest teenagers that you knew with the best style, the best fashion sense, and access to their parents' credit cards and just have them put on a fashion show for you every single week, which the Laguna Kids did, by the way, put on a fashion show, Fight the Slide 2005. And I do think on some level, I was aware of that influence, just like we're aware of the influence of people that we choose to follow on social media now. And that was part of the appeal to me. It wasn't even necessarily about the drama. At least for me, it wasn't. Not to say that I didn't enjoy that aspect. I loved the storylines. The show is so quotable. There is still some drama that, again, I think is just top tier reality drama. It was so fun to watch. But even though I was watching for that in some part, I feel like the real underlying reason why it was so popular and why people like me were so obsessed with it was because it was kind of just like watching a guide of how to be a cool teenager. And that's really what initially hooked me. And then of course, we really did get invested in their lives. If social media existed the way that it does now back then and we could have followed these people on Instagram, I mean, we would have lost our minds, I think. We would have been studying their story posts being like, oh my God, I think Kristen's coffee looks a lot like Talon's coffee. Do you think they're, they're somewhere together? I'm glad that it wasn't like that. I'm glad that we didn't have that access. I think this is a big reason why reality TV in a lot of ways has lost its charm for me and why reality TV in the 2000s really had this magic. It was produced for sure, the storylines were largely fabricated, but that almost didn't matter because the show was our only access to them. So unless they gave an interview to, you know, People Magazine or were on a talk show, even that was a controlled situation that was probably very largely controlled by a publicity team. And now it's like these reality TV stars are on social media just airing their dirty laundry all day every day we see way too much behind the scenes they're on social media spilling the tea before the season even airs or or during it they're getting full glam before every shoot they clearly have wardrobe teams like i don't want to see that i want to see a teenage girl roll up to the coffee shop in her normal kind of old car wearing flip-flops and a black choker necklace that nobody had worn since like 1999, by the way. But we all loved it. We were like, yes, yes, Kristen with the black choker. She probably revived the black choker from its 90s grave honestly. And now when I think of reality TV shows that feature women my age, I am not influenced in any way by those shows. And obviously this is probably for a lot of reasons, but I think 
a big part of it is that nothing about them feels real or relatable in any way. Watching the Real Housewives go to Mexico in a sprinter van wearing head-to-toe Versace is not the same as watching Lauren and Steven drive to Mexico in a forerunner while eating fast food french fries. Listening to Teresa Judice and Melissa Gorga argue about Teresa's, you know, 200-person wedding with her $10,000 hair is not the same as watching Lo, Christina, Morgan, and Lauren plan their black and white party in a local hotel room. And this is why it it doesn't even matter that all the drama was fake. It doesn't matter how fake the actual story was because it felt real. When we were watching it, it felt like it could happen to us if we just existed in a different reality. <laughs> but it felt real and that's what counts. It still feels real when I watch it. It reminds me of my friends and myself in 2004, 2005. So to wrap this up, I'm gonna leave you with my top 10, because five wasn't enough, so we're doing 10 this week, top 10 moments from Laguna Beach that still occupy space in my brain and probably will for the rest of time. Number 10 is Kristen saying Stephen in Catalina over and over and over. Just the whole Catalina trip, really, but my friends and I would quote Stephen to each other endlessly for years after that. Number nine, Kristen and Jessica buying groceries to cook for Steven and Dieter in season one and not knowing how to order chicken at the deli counter. And also the way that Kristen later explains that the sauce tasted like feet <laughs> still gets me. Feet of all things. Number eight is the Alex versus Jessica showdown in Cabo when Alex makes Jessica admit that she's a slut and say it out loud, I'm a slut in the bar in Cabo. The entire feud between Jessica and Alex in season two is really the driving force of the entire season and it is so good. I can still hear Alex M in my mind saying, how low are you, dude? That rings through my brain on almost a daily basis. Number seven is Lo getting a white Jetta for high school graduation. You guys, I literally had that white Jetta in 2007. And the first thing that my friend and roommate said when I drove up to our apartment in the white Jetta was Lo's car. This was 2007, so this was three years after Lo graduated from high school and got that car. And it was still our first reaction, our immediate association. I can still picture Lo driving over to Lauren's house in her new car, singing along to Leonard Skinner, which I always felt like was very off-brand for Lo, but whatever. Number six is the Fiesta episode in season two. The fact that they got away with putting things like that on MTV just serves to illustrate how long ago the 2000s really were because they were teenagers in high school and they were absolutely bombed out of their minds. Number five is Casey's hair extensions. Again, season two, Casey was such a fascinating character. I wish she would have gotten more airtime. I would have watched a spinoff about Casey and the hair extensions should have been their own character, to be honest. I loved those hair extensions. I don't know why. Logically, I knew they were bad, okay? I think even then, logically, I knew they were bad, but I wanted them. I wanted them so bad. Also, honorable mention for her poker night that the guys crashed. Such an iconic episode. 
Number four, the girls in the back of the limo screaming along to Since You've Been Gone after I think it's prom or some school dance. Every time I watch that, it just hits me right in the feels. I feel like every high school girl watching that just felt that moment deep in your soul. It just feels like so emotional. Number three, oh my God, this is such a good one. Trey getting into a fight in the parking lot of the Blink-182 concert. You guys, you have to go back and watch this episode. It's season one. It is so funny. Another good one from that episode is when uh, Lauren and Lo are already at the concert and Steven and Kristen walk in and Lo says to Lauren, ooh, Kristen wore her PJs. <laughs> Lo was so low-key sassy through the entire series and nobody talks about it. Number two is the Lauren Jessica Jason showdown at the fashion show. This again, is one of the most iconic moments in reality television history. Like this, to me, ranks up there with Teresa Giudice flipping the table. It is so unbelievable. When Jason kisses Jessica literally in front of Lauren and Lauren loses her mind. We watched Lauren for two seasons kind of play into this nice girl character. And in that moment, she just loses it. And you see like, all that aggression come out. Prime reality TV. And number one, of course, probably the most quotable line in the entire series history of Laguna Beach is none other than Kristen screaming, my car is donezo, when her car breaks down because she did not change the oil. An icon and a legend, honestly. I could talk for the next four days straight about Laguna Beach, but I'm gonna call it a day there. The next episode, I think, will be the continuation where we can dive into the hills because there's a lot to say about the hills, especially with regard to later 2000s fashion. So as always, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate if you share it with a friend. And I will be back next time to talk about the hills. Bye.